You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezrit Hashem, tonight we're going to be continuing with our series of shearing, Tasting the Future in the Present. And after a hiatus of sorts or a break because of the Amim Tovim and because of, uh, you know, human error, uh, we're here now and we're going to get started, Be'ezrit Hashem. There's a famous teaching from the Rebbe of Bunim, the pharmacist, the pharmacist tzaddik, pharmacist turned Rebbe, Rebbe of the Kutzka Rebbe. That in the tefillah of Yishtabach, we say, that Rabboni Shalom HaKadosh Baruch Hu chooses Shirei Zimra. He chooses to listen to those songs, to those songs, those musical songs of praise. And Rav Simcha Bunim, in a way that only Rav Simcha Bunim could, he read this pasuk differently. He read this verse differently. He read this part of the tefillah differently. Habaycha b'shirei zimra doesn't mean he who chooses to listen to the songs of praise, but shirei is also the lashon of shirayim, of leftovers, of crumbs, of that which remains after something that was present is now gone. That which is left by the wayside, that remains afterwards, the shirayim. And habaycha b'shirei zimra means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who chooses to listen to the songs that are left over, the leftover of songs. And what is this leftover of song? What is this remnant of a praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a remnant of presence, a remnant of Yishav Adas? It's the fact that in Cheshvan, in the month of Cheshvan, after the Yomim Naraim, after Elul, after Slichos, after Rosh Hashanah, after Yom Kippurim, after the days between Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, and Sukkis, Sukkis, Hashanah Rabbah, Shemini Yatzeres, and Pastora, after all of the Dibor, after all of the speaking and the singing and the praising and the screaming and the yelling, all that is left over is the Marcheshes of the Sfasayim, the, the murmuring, the, the Rechishin of the lips, the quivering of the mouth that is no longer saying anything, but is still in the motions of speaking, but there's nothing left to say. Everything has been said, everything that could be said has been said, or we feel that we've expressed all of our kochos of Dibor. And we come to Cheshvan and it's a time of, of Rechisha Sasvasayim, it's a time of, of the murmuring of the lips, there's nothing left, it's a, it's a month of quiet, of, of Chash, of Cheshvan, Chash, the silence that, that follows the noise, the, the dust that settles after everybody who is present leaves. And the month of Mar Cheshvan, the month of Cheshvan is a month of the murmuring of the lips. It's the memory, it's the, it's the entrance into a past experience of the song and praise that we experienced in the Yom and Naraim. And it's, it's, it's being present when 
The words are no longer there, or when a person feels that all of the words that I said have not quite hit the point that I wanted them to say, that which remains after speech is finished, that's the month of Mar Cheshvan. That's where the bitterness of Cheshvan comes from. The bitterness of Cheshvan, the Marirus of Cheshvan, comes from the fact that a person can no longer speak. When I'm able to speak, when I'm able to communicate, when I'm able to convey what lives in the inside of my own most experience, in my heart, in all of the levels of my soul, when I can share it with the world, when I can share it with the Rabbanishlagum, when I can share it with a friend or another person, those Diburim, there's a relief. When there's worry in the heart of man, when there's the claustrophobia of that neurotic kernel that rests in the heart of all of us, that place of, of, of Marirus, the salt of life, there's a place that remains after everything has been said. And we can no longer express, we can no longer be mafig that sar, we can no longer utilize language to alleviate that burden. We can no longer sing out to the Rabbani Shlalom sometimes. There's no more words, there's no more yamim tovim, it's a return into the mundanity, into the grayness, the, the silent bitterness of a month like Cheshvan, where Dibor falls away, there's an ilimus that falls upon the person, there's a, a, a death of speech on a certain level, like we spoke about in the Shirim of Trauma, there's an absence of speech. And typically speaking, we see speech as an ideal. We see communication as an ideal. We see sharing our experience and conveying our ideas and connecting to the things around us and connecting to ourselves and connecting to the books and all of the holy things in our lives. That's representative of speech. That's a state of dibor. That's a state of of, of utilizing the essential strength of what it means to be a human being, which is the capacity to convey ideas through language. And we see speech as an ideal. We transform speech into a pekadosh, into guarding ourselves from speaking things that are negative and negative language, negative impressions, resentment-based speech, lashon hara. And we transform our speech into a mila tova. We transform it. We're mahapechet. We sing out to your We talk in Torah. We talk in Amuna, We talk in bitachon. Even when we don't, we're still talking in bitachon. So we see speech as an ideal. Speech is the mark of being human. It is the birthplace of other Marishans' encounter with this world. And so we typically idealize speech. We see speech as a level that is above an original immature silence. The silence of immaturity that begins with, with the birth of the individual and the stuttering and the babbling, which is the absence of speech. It's the negation of speech. It's baby talk. That, that, that poking a hole at the whole edifice of language, the mockery of language showing that it's nothing but a construct of sounds, that, that silence we, we deem as being something unhealthy, something sad, something broken, something animalistic, something that has not yet reached its stage of maturation in the expression of speech. We see silence as having nothing to say. We see silence as having no willingness to speak or no desire to speak, or we see the person who show take as a person who is not trying to, to say or share or impart their selves on reality. And we see silence as a stage of cottonness, as a maturity, and we see dibor as a state of godless, as maturity. We see this in the word chashmal, chashmal, itim chashos, itim emalos. There are times of silence and there are times of speech. Speech follows silence. There's so many points that point to this very nikuda, that speech is the maturation of the self. And we know, nafshi yatsa that is the goal. The goal is to speak. And so we'll see the silence of Marcheshvan as something negative. We'll see the silence of Marcheshvan as 
as as a descent, as a descent into the void of silence, as a descent into the void of meaning making, leaving the sukkah, leaving the shades of faith, leaving our bitachon and our moon and akadosh baruch hu on a revealed way, falling a little bit deeper into our shadow that we dealt with on Hoshana Rabbah. And we see this descent into silence as a hibernation of the self of sorts, matim to the choy which is related to femininity and a silent modesty where a person is moved inwards within themselves, no longer expressing themselves due to some weakness or fear. And we assume that it's the dark days of the winter months that bring about the death bringing silence that takes speech away from us where all that is left is the quivering of our lips. The shirayim, the shirayim, the leftovers, when after everything has been said and done, I still feel that nakuda of difficulty within my heart. I still don't believe enough in myself in the Rabbani Shleilam. I still haven't reached what I want to reach. And we see this shtika, we see this descent into shtika as a negative thing, as a natural descent away from the ore of the Yerach Ha'isanim. But the MS, there's something about silence that not only precedes speech, but also follows speech. All of our tzaddikim speak of three levels, that there's a level of ignorance prior to knowledge, there's a level of silence prior to speech. And that immature stage is a silence that is rooted in the symptom of not having anything important to say, or speaking with importance rather, because the power of speech is not about the content of what is said, but the context through which it is said independent of any marked signified concept. It's just a signifier of significance. The silence, the silence that we experience in Cheshvan is a silence that transcends speech. It's the silence that I encounter when I come to that place where I, I recognize that in the end of the day, what I'm trying to truly say can't be said in words. In the end of the day, what I'm truly trying to encounter in my life, when I'm trying to feel, what I'm trying to bring into my own most reality, to live with this idea, to live with the amuna and the bitachon, that in the end of the day, the words don't reach where they need to reach. The words don't reach where they need to reach. And in the absence of the right word, in the absence of the ability for the word to hit the precise point in which we so desire it to hit, to have the perfect word to say what we need to say to our loved ones, to ourselves, to the Rabbi Shalaylam, to Metzius, when we realize that language is no longer a vessel that we can use, we come to a new level of shtika, we come to a new level of silence. A silence that is not prior to speech due to ignorance, but after speech due to the lofty nature in, of what I'm trying to convey, of what I'm trying to say, of what I'm trying to do in this world, of what a person is trying to do every second that we encounter reality. And this shtika is not a shtika because I don't have the words, I'm not intelligent enough to express this to my loved one, to that person, to my boss, whatever the significant application of the idea is. It's not a silence due to a lack of speech. It's a silence that transcends speech. It's a silence that transcends speech in the sense that the only way to describe what it is that we're trying to do in this world, Rabbi Shalaylam, what we're trying to do when we try and connect to you, when we try and daven, is in the end of the day to come to the place where we realize that I can't say it in words. It's beyond words. It's something that language can't describe because it's so internal, it's so inner. 
it's so precious, it's so individualized, it's so subjective, it's so real in accordance with each and every person's own most experience, in accordance with the point of one's heart as it exists in that very moment, that it's such a precise point, the Evan Hashasiya, the dot in the middle of the bays that represents that quintessence of our experience, it can only be conveyed by way of silence. A silence that doesn't negate the value of speech, but moves through and beyond speech. A silence that has the power of language, a silence of knowing that there's infinite words in the world that can be said, but none of them can come close to the Nukudapnimis. The only thing that comes close to the Nukudapnimis is shtika, is silence. It's the Shatik Rav, as the Mitla Rabbit describes, and the Bashem Tavakadosh describes, and all of the, the Sadiqim of Chabad, the Shatik Rav, the silence of Rav in the face of a truth that is so deep that language would have been an embarrassing tool to use in relationship to it. The truth that he received from his Rebbe, the Svara that he understood at that point was so clear that to try and verbalize agreement to it or verbalize it would to cheapen it, would to make it something capturable in language. But the inner experience of that nakuda for Rav, for a Talmud, for somebody who's encountering what it means to live with Amuna in each and every moment, that shtika is not because of a lack of language. It's because that shtika contains more than language could ever possibly contain. Shatik Rav, he lived in a place of silence, not because he didn't have the words to say, but because it was no longer about languages, it was about the quietude, the inner silence of oneself when they close their eyes for a second. In the winter months where it's a little bit dark outside, where it's less pirsum, where it's less externalization. And a person can sit silently and draw down the concealed light, the orhagonas, by sitting silently with the self. This finds its culmination specifically by Hanukkah, where a person sits silently and listens to the song of the candles. The month of Hanukkah associated with Rachel, who, who chose silence as her tool. And this silence of Shatik Rav, the Vilna Gon, as he tried to embark on his mission, the mission of Mashiach ben Yosef, to make it to Eretz Yisrael, to conquer the land of Eretz Yisrael from the hand of the Canaanim. The Vilna Gon in the letter, the Igeris Hagra, the Igeris Hagra that he left aside for his family, it says as follows, that kol rega sha'adam saitem es piv, litam tam or hagonis, that every moment that a person merits to close their mouth, they merit to taste the concealed light. Now, is that because a person doesn't have anything to say, that I shouldn't try and experience everything through language? No, chas v'shalom, language is the key through which the osios and the oros of HaKadosh Baruch Hu come into our lives, through Torah, Tefillah, Dveitos, Yehudim. But the goal of language is to take us to a place of silence, to a place of shtika, to a place of shtika kahoda'a, a silent place that is so deep that I can taste the orhaganas. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov says, and he has numerous Torahs where he associates shtika with the level of keser, with the level of reshad lois yada, with the level of tznius, of the modesty of silence. A silence of l'chad dumya tehila, my silence is praise for you, Rabbanish Lailam. Every pulsation of every cellular expression of my existence is praise to you. Specifically in the silence where it's no longer about projection, it's no longer about an attempt to conquer, but rather it's an attempt to live with a calmness that exists within our minds at every moment that we choose to be silent. Every moment that we realize that Rabbanish Lailam, I can say all the words and I'll continue to say all the words and we all have to say all the words and each and every person comes into this world to say all the words. 
But ultimately, with all that is said and all that is expressed, as Rehutner points out, throughout his, his hundreds of ma'amarim, the power of Dibor and the power of Shtika that follows Dibor. That the Shtika is the culmination of speech. It's the chash, it's the quiet that, that, that follows everything being said. Zokter binachman al yideh ha-shtika yizka lebitachon in Sefer Amidos. And when a person lives with that silence, when a person is quiet in that moment, they experience bitachon, a person learns how to trust. If a person is speaking all the time, a person is trying to convey, convey, sell, 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 then a person is, is, is hanging themselves, is dependent upon the external response to the word spoken, to my expression outwards. The midah of bitachon, which is the silent certainty that alts is git, that everything is good, benkach benkach, everything is good, that is only encountered and, and lived with through the Kli of Shtika. Dr. Binachman in, in Osbeis in Sefer Amidos, Ayideh Shtika Nimta Kadin, that through silence, when I learn to silence myself, when I learn to live with silence, and again, we're going to see, silence is not a contradistinction to speech. A person speaks through silence. It's not about being quiet. It's about learning to speak lowly. To, to lower our voices a little bit, to make a little bit less of a fuss. When a person is silent, the din because when I'm looking at the external world, Ulai, all of this is Bidarh Efshar on Rabbeinu Sefer Amidos. When I'm living my externalized life and I'm tola and I and I look at every encounter in my life and every situation of my life as, as being the cause of my inner experience. Then there's infinite things to blame. People, places, things. There's there's an innumerable list. And those are dinim. The dinim are the encounters, those negative things that I encounter in my life where the Rabboni Shalalim is telling me that there's something that needs to be worked out here. But through silence, through silence, nimta kadin, I, I, I sweeten the din. I live in that place. I enter into that place where there's no more dinim because I, I understand that everything comes from the Rabboni Shalalim. So here Rabbeinu is hinting to us the two levels of silence. First and foremost, through silence you come to bitachon. Ah, but how do you come to emuna, which is the, the key, the, the birthplace of bitachon? Ah, that's through silence. So silence both precedes and follows the encounter with truth. Because when we're speaking and when we're not speaking, what we're trying to do is silence ourselves a little bit more, be a little bit more humble. Realize that we don't have the perfect word to say. Realize that it's not dependent on our efforts. Emuna comes through silence. When a person encounters some difficulty, some question on the Rabbeinu Shalom in their lives, after Yom Kippur, after Rosh Hashanah, after Elul, after Sukkot, after all of the Avoida, all of the Demyonos, all of the Hiskashris and the Davening and the Oyrois and the, and the busyness, in the end, the person still has a kushya on the Rabbi Nishleilam. It's cheshvan and it's mar, it's bitter. The person, when there's a question that descends onto a person with regards to the way Hashem Rizbarach is revealing himself in this world, be silent. And through the shtika, and through the silence, your very thoughts themselves are going to give you the answer that you need to the question, because the answer is always there. 
but the noise of speech and the noise of the speech of the mind is so babbling and so ever-present that it blocks us from the answer and it gives us a feeling of a kushya. But through silence, says Rabbeinu and Ostawud of Sefer Amidos Erechashtika, through silence itself, that's the way the person is going to find the answer. This is a Mufurish Pashemtov Akadosh in Keser Shemtov, in Ois Reishchaf Hey, Siag Lachachmashtika, a gate, say Chazal, to Chachma, something above Chachma, Siag, the Keser, that silent encounter with the Rabbinish Lelem, and my innermost desire that need not be expressed in order to be real because it exists within me, and that's the only truth I need. When a person is silent, when a person encounters silence, at that point, you're able to connect yourself to thought. You're able to be mamtik the dinim. You're able to find the rabbinu shleilam. And this shtika of cheshvan, this quiet of cheshvan, this quiet that some tzaddikim carried themselves with, this quiet is the avoid of cheshvan. It's the chash. The Mitra Rebbe used to say over Torah, and everybody was silent. But before the Mitla Rebbe would give over Torah, he would be heard saying, Sha, 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 Sha. The Tzadikim say nobody was talking. So who was he shying? Zat the Tzadikim, that he was shying his thoughts. He was quieting down the Zerim, the flow of Rehovah Sanar, of the noise of the thoughts and the speech. And he was silencing them to be able to sit with Shtika for a second. Dumya Tehila, that my silence is praised to you, Rabbi my silence, my willingness to be mevatal myself, my willingness to not be heard all the time, my willingness to not be right all the time. That's where the tehillah comes from. Shtika kahoda. Silence is praise. Because the only way to praise the Rabbana Shalaylam is so far beyond any possible description or, or limiting term is only through silence. Shtika is the only way to express that which is most true. Because if I'm saying it, it's not true. As Rav Cook says so many places that the birth of language is the birth of the duplicitous nature of what it means to be a human being. That there's always the possibility of saying a true word and it's not saying a true word. It's the birthplace of Shekhar and Emes. <clears throat> says Rav Cook, says Rav Avram Yitzchak Akoin Cook in Oyres HaKodesh, Chelek, Gimel, Daf Reish Ayin Gimel, Yisra and Hashtika, the elevated nature of shtika, v'ruach ha-koydesh, ha-meschaber al-yada, and the inner experience of v'ruach ha-koydesh on each and every person's individualized level that is connected and associated with it. Ba mitoicha hisparzas ha-pnimis. It emerges by way of this expansion, this, this poiritz geder, that is experienced internally. It's not an external expression. It's a, an explosion of self in an inward, quiet way. It emerges from where? It emerges from the flowing stream of the soul. That it stems from the, the irrigating flow of the soul that seeks to only express itself. Always expression, expression, expression. It won't tolerate anything that blocks it. And this is this, this inner dialogue, the silence of external speech for an inner dialogue of not needing to use externalized language, but being silent at the depth of language. 
is very important. And it demands that there be no prevention that stands against it in the world. When you silence everything out, that's when the inner silence becomes something that is rooted and expressive of the inner depth. The or haruchani and the light of spirituality, and the spiritual light of life, the peer hachayim, the beautification of life and its strength and its expressivity that rests at the foundation of existence, strengthen itself and it moves forward. And at this point, dibor is now already. A, a, a botherance, it's a hindrance that's built on that which is rooted in that which was old, that which I could understand. If I could say it, I could understand it. From that which is already confused and mixed up and in the process of darkening. It's limited. If I could say it, it's limited. The birth of Shtika after all of the Dibor, Cheshvan after all of the Yom Naraim, the Avoida is to reach a level above the Yom Naraim. That could only be expressed by way of Shtika, of Shatik Rav. The Dibor is rooted in the past constriction, Vnotena Lazerim Ma'ayani, Hashokek Lechidush, Vitirios Chadoshes. It serves as a prevention to that natural flow of, of the Mayan Haneshama that is perpetually seeking to move forward. Perpetually seeking to move forward. Ashtika nitva the silence is rooted in the depth of the soul. Zaisi Dhamma this is the elevated silence called the Mamadaka. The avoid of Marcheshvan is to be Mamshikh, all of that which we try to gain in our lives during the Yamim Nora'im. All of the noise, all of the hasaga, all of the attempts to own something to grab something, to hold on to something, to have some something legitimate that I can express as having earned or gained from such a hailing time period. And very often we look at ourselves in Cheshvan and all we can say is the Mar Cheshvan. It's bitter because it's silent now. I don't have anything. I don't remember the vacation. I don't remember this. I don't have anything to show. But the Eitzah is to be silent, to learn that a person doesn't need to say anything in order to have everything to say. The neshama is tamin mispalelas. The neshama is always saying what it needs to say to the rabbi shleilam in its shtika and its dibur. But the shtika that we allow for ourselves to, to, to be present in our lives, the realization that I don't have to always say everything. I don't have to always be the center. I don't have to always be right. I don't have to always be the one in control. I can be silent. I can stop trying to express my desire on reality and I can accept reality a little bit more. That avoid of Marcheshvan is the avoid that leads us to the silent Kedush of Hanukkah. It leads us to the silent Oros of La'asid Lava, where a person no longer has to speak in order to understand. They're always going to be in the world of Machshava on a certain level, relative to the level that they just ascended, relative to the level that we have yet to ascend. We're obviously still in the stage of immature speech because it's infinite. There's silence and speech and silence and speech and silence and speech. And every moment calls for different expressions of it. But the avoid of cheshvan is to chash, is to be silent, is to feel the murmuring of the lips and to believe the fact that even when I'm not speaking, I'm speaking. Even when I'm not praising every aspect, I'm, I'm 
you're you're present everywhere. To speak about you sometimes is is to imply that there's even room to speak about you. You're everything. And in that shtika, a person learns how to be moida to the rabbi nishleilam, the sharish of hod, the sharish of silence, the sharish of that darkness that descends, which brings about the hoda'ah of Hanukkah b'ezra Sashem. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.